following program contains language and subject matter that is adult in nature. Discretion is advised. Okay, here we go. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. How about when you're picking up your dog poo off the sidewalk, you've got a bag with Donald Trump's face on it? Let's get to the guy that's selling them. He's Trump, he's Trump, what's on his head? He's Trump, he's Trump, he's Trump, it's real, he's sad. Hey, PW, how are the Donald Trump dog poop bags going then? They are selling great. We sold just under 25,000 Donald Trump poop bags. Yeah. It doesn't look like there's any sign of flowing. I think people are really uh, inspired and connecting to the message. And what is the message? It's pretty simple, Phil. Donald Trump is a bully. He makes fun of veterans. He mocks people with disabilities. He makes disparaging remarks about minorities. He calls his opponents by names like crooked and lying and goofy. And he's just a bully. It's plain and simple. He puts others down. And the irony of the situation is that he's such a thin-skinned individual. He doesn't like criticism, does he? He doesn't at all. He can't take criticism himself. And that was really the genesis of this idea, to make a statement, to turn it on his head, and give Donald Trump a taste of his own medicine with the poop-head Donald Trump dog poop bag. So you get 15 poop bags in each roll uh, with the uh, clip-on leash as well. Has Donald become aware of this yet? Not that I'm aware of. Very well could be, but I'm looking forward to meeting Donald someday and discussing it with him. He wouldn't see the humour in this at all. He'd see this as a personal affront. Well, some things just need to be said and we can leave it at that. I would like someone, uh, when he's giving one of his speeches, to have their dog with them to do a poop in front of him and then see his face when, you know, they're scooping it up. And that would be inspiring. I will tell you, just the other day we sold our 200 roll social justice warrior pack to <laughs> someone who was going to a rally to hand them out. So I think people can really connect to that and really spread them. Do you have any other Donald Trump merchandise? Because I noticed when I went on the web there was a plethora of stuff you could get from the Donald Trump wig through to Donald Trump socks. Absolutely. Um, as of right now, this is our one product. This is the message we're really trying to get across, but we certainly support all of our brothers who are helping to spread a similar message. What's the website so people can pick up their own for Australia? So the website is donaldtrumpdogpoopbags.com. And we do have shipping available to Australia, so I'd really like everyone to visit the site, check out what we have to offer, and maybe bring a little bit of the spirit back to your fine country. Of course. Great. Hello, Chris. Oh, good ugly, Phil. Just listening to that guy from America without the Donald Trump dog tooth eggs. Yeah. Maybe he could be producing Donald Trump toilet paper with photos of Donald Trump <laughs> on every single square. I was going to say something about, well, if you'd eaten curry, then, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> What's going on, Ryan? How are you, Phil? Just heard that last little segment and all I could think of was um, Donald Trump is full of shit. Could I interest? you in some yellow Donald Trump toilet paper. Sure, why not? <laughs> so imagine you're driving in your car, you've got your five-year-old kid next to you, and you just jump a red light. You're in America, you get out of the car to go to the car wash, and your kid calls 911, calls the cops, and dobs you in. 911, what's your emergency? Daddy, one pass a red light. Yeah? 
He has a black truck. He was in the brand new car, my mommy's car. Yeah. And then, um... Then what happened? And he had to go to the car wash, and then he went past the red light. He did? Mm-hmm. Is he home right now? Yeah. Can I talk to him? Yeah. <laughs> this will be good. Hello? Hi, Quincy Police. Oh, no. I am, I'm just going to apologize. That's my five-year-old son. Just want to let us know you ran a red light. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I apologize. Uh, no pause. Long distance all set. Yeah, no, we're good. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Very good. All right. Wow. What a great kid. Eh? You're listening to the Rubber Room Podcast. You can listen to us weeknights, 7 to 10 p.m. on Triple M. It's time for Who's Got the Clap? Clap, clap. And some ridiculously great prizes up for grabs as well, with the emphasis on the word ridiculously. How are you, Glenn? Not too bad yourself, Ugly Phil. Good to talk to you. The competition's called Who's Got the Clap? I'm going to play you some songs with clapping in them. You've got to tell me who the song is by. Get three out of four of them right, and you win those fantastic prizes from the Rubber Room gift shop, okay? Okay, thank you. Here comes your first one. Who's Got the Clap? That'll be Queen. Oh, I'm going to worry for you if you didn't get that one right. Here comes your second one. Billy Idol. Billy Idol's absolutely right. You've got to get the next one right and then you've got the prize. How'd you go with that, Glenn? Oh, uh, nah. Oh, Glenn, you son of a bitch. Got a clue? That was it, Son of a Bitch, by oh, Nathaniel Rateliff from the Night Sweats. Yeah, Son of a Bitch. Well, it's too late now. I've already given you the answer. Okay, you've got to get the next one right in order to win those fantastic prizes from the Rubber Room gift shop, okay? Yep. Who's got the clap? That was me clapping along, trying to help you out. Who? I know this song. Yeah, of course uh, you do. Um, it's a little ditty about again. Jack and Diane. Jack and Diane. Yeah, of course. As sung by... Uh, John Mellencamp. Yes, you've won these fantastic prizes. Thanks. Congratulations, Glenn. You've won the very best of Richie the Twelfth Man, Psyched, the soundtrack to your surfing life, and Fury on DVD with Brad Pitt. Wow, congratulations, Glenn. And on behalf of Glenn, I'd like to thank everybody for entering him. Hello, Gazzo. It seems that the internet has been broken by Fallout Boy's version of the Ghostbusters theme. Why didn't they get Ray Parker Jr. to reprise the old one? They could have got a chick. I mean, if they're going to have an old chick cast, why don't they get a chick to sing it? It does have a bit of a rap from Missy Elliott. Yeah, but it's just not the same. No, I don't know who Missy Elliott is. Is she Kanye's daughter? Jeez, <laughs> oh, are, are you serious? i got no idea. Ghostbusters, I'm not no, afraid. No, she's not. Has got buzzing electric guitars and a sampled choir of singers, some female keeping in sync with the all-female cast. Just play the bloody thing. I don't want to talk about it. Did you like it? It's okay. If you want to play it, who are you going to call? 
Not your show, obviously. Hey, Greg, how are you? Hey, Phil, not too bad yourself. Good, buddy, what's going on? That Fallout Boy version of the Ghostbusters, can you please never play that again, ever? Gazzo hated it. It's going to give me nightmares, and then I'm actually going to have to call the Ghostbusters. As long as you don't call the current cast, because everybody hates them too, apparently. (laughs) Have you heard about that? No, I haven't heard about that, but I went and saw Independence Day movie on Sunday. Okay. And I saw the trailer for Ghostbusters, and it actually doesn't seem too bad. Right. I I might actually go and watch the movie just to see how it is. Well, apparently the internet is broken because it's an all-female cast, but you mentioned Independence Day. Was it any good? Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, okay. Well, that's great, because in that case, I'm going to go. It's got basically all the same cast members as the first one. Apart from Will Smith, basically. Yeah, well, that's probably the reason why I want to go and see it. Yeah, it's a really good film to go watch. No more Fallout Boy Ghostbusters for you. No, never again. Ugly Phil, that's who I want to hear. Graham the Flesh Jukebox. Let's have an intro. She stands with her head above the clouds. That's why we love our Sarah McLeod. Like a super Jesus in a holy shroud. We will worship Sarah McLeod. With a lovely smile and not even one cavity. There's nothing she doesn't know about the rabbit. She stands head and shoulders above the crowd. We will call her Hello. So how was your little trip to New York for three months? Oh my God, it was what we would call a roaring success. I worked harder than I've ever worked in my whole life. I set out to write a whole record from scratch. I had not one idea, not one song before I left. I gave myself precisely three months. I started on the 1st of January and I wrote 10 songs and I submitted it on at 11.30 at night on the 30th of March. Okay. So I took exactly three months. I produced them all up like a final CD quality recording. Wow. And I came home, submitted it to the label and I'm so happy with it. I'm the proudest of this of, than anything I've ever done. Oh, great. Done. Excellent. Uh, did you have an excess of songs? No, I wrote 10 and I recorded 10. And from now on, for the rest of my life, I'm never writing knick-knacky like I used to. I'm going, radio. I need an album. Okay. I'm going to, you know, Alaska or something. I'll be back in three months. Were you walking around New York with an iPod in? Were you influenced by anything? Yep, every morning I would wake up, go and get my ham and cheese and egg roll from the local Bagel. corner yeah. deli. Because <laughs> yeah, right. I was in Brooklyn, so I'd walk along the Esplanade if we call it that. Yeah. Uh, and there was this great little lookout where you could look across the river and see all of Manhattan. So I would walk down there every morning, listen to some references of where I thought I'd like to go that day, have my breakfast, look at the city, go, yep, I'm in the big smoke. Now, when you say references, do you mean your own music or other people's music? No, like I would think, you know, today uh, I would uh, nominate a few songs as references to help me direct where I thought the next song should go. Right, okay. So that was how I sort of pieced it together and created a body of work that sounded like one body of work rather than knickknacks of the best songs you can collect. I did uh, just that sort of short walk every morning and then the rest of the time I was just locked in this room working. And I'd look out my window, but very rarely did I go out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you sent me a photo. I looked good from where you were. Yeah, that was from the window. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was vicariously there with you enjoying Brooklyn. Uh, So did you do any busking while you were there? No, no, I didn't have time to busk. I tell you, I was busting ass. To get one song down per week, 
was like working like every minute of the day. I hardly had time to eat. I was like so much work just to get one song down per week. It was just full on. And tell me about the songs because I've never seen you this excited about something. Yeah, well, because I think that I have, I worked out a way of getting the styles of everything that I've put my toes into all along my career. Yeah. And morph them into one new style that's really me and I'm really happy with it and lyrically it's the strongest that I've ever done. Like normally I write you know, a bit of some crap here and there and then a nice line and then a bunch of shit and yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what that means, but it rhymes and so it sounds cool. This is cabaret dance rock that you've created. <laughs> a little bit of something from everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Liza Minnelli. Yeah, that's it. This is good stuff. I don't want to toot my own horn because it's, you know, early days, but personally for me, I feel like I wouldn't be out of line using the term swan song. Wow, this is it. This is you finally <laughs> arrived. Yep, at the ripe old age of 26, That's I've done it. it. <laughs> exactly, you know, and New York is your muse. Yep. Who am I saying hello to on Twitter too, by the way? Who is that that got through? Oh, that was Jake. Hello, Jake. How are you? He was just saying about Birdie Num Num. Oh, the Peter Sellers movie. Yeah, what you did before reminded him. Well, there's no comparison between oh, pointy bird, oh, pointy pointy and Birdie Num Nums. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Hello, Monique Hopwood. Thanks for getting on the Rubber Room Facebook page. Tom Cuneo as well. Mick Dawes, Steve Brown and Ronnie James. I was reading at triplem.com.au about this long-rumoured feud between Prince and Michael Jackson, which apparently, according to the UK tabloid uh, The Mirror, said was actually true. And they claim that they've secretly got audio of Michael Jackson venting against Prince, calling him one of the rudest men I've ever met. Jackson also said that he was very mean and nasty to my family. He also went on to suggest that Prince was very competitive and believed that Prince was desperate to outdo him, and that was dangerous. He feels like I'm his opponent, said Michael Jackson, wishing if he had a lisp he'd sound like Mike Tyson. If you go to triplem.com.au, have a look on the uh, page there at the video where James Brown's doing a gig and he invites both Michael Jackson and Prince on stage. And to be honest with you, I think Prince had his ass kicked by Michael Jackson. But also, I unearthed this. Um, it's uh, an interview between comedian Chris Rock and Prince about that subject back in 1997. Early on in your career, who was the guy that you looked at and said, well, i got to get back in the studio? Contrary to what a lot of people might believe, it was never somebody who was my contemporary. There was never, like, any rivalry between you and Mr. Jackson? Not to me, no. It's the story of you turning down bad. Now you run that video in your mind. It's so weird now. You were made out to be this weird cat, and he was like Mr. Disney, and <laughs> you're married. Children, <laughs> you're like a married man. You know, there again, you know, hopefully the press will get to the point where we'll just all just, it'll be a law where you have to tell the truth. <laughs> it won't be about speculation. You know, I'm a musician. I live for that. I live for playing and creating songs. You know what's crazy about that, though? And I was just thinking this. That was back in 1997. And here we are in 2016. So uh, less than 20 years. And both those guys have gone. Isn't that incredible? So as we head closer and closer to the election, wow, it's hardly a couple of dynamic candidates, is it? Really, I've got lettuce in my fridge that's probably got more life in it, you know. And where are the campaign policies that are going to enable people like me to, you know, single guys that drink too much alcohol 
Where is, you know, something for us? Anyway, I said, let's get Justin again, the guy from the sales department, because he's the only guy that works here that's got a suit that I actually know. So let's hit the streets, talk to some people out there. I'll pretend you're a politician. Let's make up some wacky stuff and see whether or not people are interested in the uh, policies that you've got. What's your name? Caro. Caro, this is Justin. He's an independent uh, senator from Tasmania. Nice to meet you, Caro. Hi, Justin. He's just on the hustings with the election coming up, and uh, he wants Tasmania to secede from the AU, similar to what uh, England has done. With the EU, you know, I think we should close the borders. That sounds really risky. I wouldn't go there if I were you. No, I think we should do similar things to what they've done, you know. Maybe amalgamate with, you know, New Zealand, maybe take on their currency. I think Tasmania should consider it a gift that they're in the AU. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah, this is Justin. I just want to uh, do similar things to what England just did with the EU, uh, with Tasmania, uh, with the AU, and be a little bit more independent and possibly uh, start trading with the North Island of New Zealand. That is a terrible idea. I don't even know why we should do that. Everyone wants to stay in EU. Why do you want to get out of EU? Where I come from, we want to be in EU. Like, we want to be a part of it. And if you close the borders of Tasmania, no one will want to come to Tasmania, especially if you want to put like a visa to get in there it's impossible to get in there it's already hard to get people to visit Tasmania as it is and now you're trying to put a visa and you close the borders of it what are you going to do because it's part of Australia it's just another state you know if we make it you know something of its own we might attract more people to it and how are you exactly planning to attract more people by closing off all the borders about it I think it would be another destination I think at the moment it's like do we go to Tasmania or do we go to Victoria it might be, hey, we're going to Tasmania. It's a place of its own. And No. What's your name, mate? Kevin. He'd like you to vote for him based on this platform, which has been quite controversial today. Yeah, it is a little bit controversial, but I think we should close the borders uh, in Tasmania and leave the AU, similar to what uh, London did with the EU. Surely Tasmania relies on tourism and all that, and then... Well, they can still come and visit. You'll kill Tasmania off, mate. This is... But his idea is to align himself with um, the North Island of New Zealand and take on their economy? I don't think we can be uh, aligning ourselves with the Kiwis, mate. I say leave Tasmania alone. Well, I'm in the process of actually setting up a trade deal with the North Island of New Zealand, and uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Ugly Phil. You're just doing this for the fun of it. The Rubber Room. Zoe's on the phone. She's invented cat wine. Yes, it is wine for cats. Meow, 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 meow. So, Zoe, let me get this right. It's just for cats. It is only for cats, however. Uh, dogs also seem to like it as well. Um, I have a small dog, and she was one of the first animals that we actually tested it on. My business partner has two cats. Uh, I decided to give it to my dog, and she just went crazy for it. <laughs> okay. But I think she's a little bit of a catnipper as well. So there's catnip in there? There is. So uh, what we basically do is we make a catnip type from there, you know, we add our beet juice. Um, the preservative we use is salt, and that's pretty much it. Um, it's really all natural. Uh, it's great for your pet. If they like catnip, they go pretty crazy for it. So it's great for humans to watch their cats go a little bit bonkers on catnip. Do they have it from the bowl, or is there a special kind of cat wine glass? We are working on a cat wine glass currently. Uh, we don't have one, so we just suggest putting it in. Any type of bowl or, you know, if you have a special chalice that you like to feed your cat out of, that works as well. All right. And what names have you got? Because I've got one. What about Catianti? <laughs> you know what? We have, we have two right now. Uh, we have the Moscato, which is our white wine. It's a plain Moscato. Yeah. And then we have our Pinot Meow. 
red. And then uh, we're in the works of making the white kitten gel, which is going to be our rosé, and it's going to be uh, similar to like a white Simpson gel. And you've got to have a catenay as well. That actually looks quite a bit like catenay, but that was the name we were playing around with as well. Um, but there's so many great cat puns out there. Of course, and I'm you about know, to open our, up the phone customers. and milk as many as I can. Milk being another obvious one. Yeah. <laughs> it's great because our customer base is so great. Uh, you know, they, they send us a ton of emails with new punny names that they've come up with, uh, which we always love to read. So great to talk to you. Where do people find the wine? What's the website? So the website is apollopeak.com. It's A-P-O-L-L-O-P-E-A-K.com. But right now we are only selling it in the United States. We need to do a little bit of research on how to get it out to you guys in Australia, but we're getting lots of emails every day asking us to get it to you guys. So it's definitely top of our list to figure out how to... It. Well, let me know if there's any way I can help you out with your meowchandise. <laughs> That's great. I think we're going to have to use that one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you know where we're going with this, right? What's up, what's up? Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, see, I think I did most of mine there, so I'll leave it up to you, Sammy X. It's wine for cats. What have you got for us? You can... Pour me a glass of that. Oh, that's very good. Like it's in a foot? Yes, I get it. You have to explain it. I got it. But. Well, you want another drum roll? Yes, please. Right. One triple three five three. Cat wine. What's the punchline? What's the punchline? Pour me a glass. I've got punchline envy. Dave, how are you? I don't want you to go in the gutter like you always do, okay? I've got a new uh, name for your bottle of uh, cat wine. How dare you accuse me of talking about anything from the gutter? What do you got? So the name of the wine will be the Furball Tickle. You learned something when you were in Tari last week. <laughs> yes, I was taught well. How are you, Richard? Hey, how you doing, Phil? What do you got? You loosen up. Have a good look at yourself and go and stand in the corner. Have a good one, Phil. Hello, Grant. Oh, I'll have to scratch you later, mate. Sorry. Scratch you later. <laughs> Hello, Neil. How about this you? Not tonight, I'm trying to give up. John? Mate, get your cat twice as legless as you. Thank you for keeping it above the belt. Absolutely. Andy, what is it? That wine is and delicious. Oh, well done. Hey, Phil, how you going? So this is another punchline. Oh, uh, yeah, they could go out and get on the puss. It's really clever. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got Sammy to say it, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Cash. Hi, I'm Snowball, and I'm a me-alcoholic. Oh, me-alcoholic. Again, you've outdone yourself. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. I'll be over <laughs> later to scratch your belly. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Rubber Room Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at The Rubber Room AU. Still, the punchlines continue to come in for the cat wine on The Rubber Room Facebook page for the cat that drinks the cat wine and never... Hiss and tell. I'm still in awe. Rubber Room Facebook page is uh, at MMM Rubber Room. If you go there, you'll find Sarah McLeod, who's shared the live track that she did here last night. She came in and did an amazing version of The House of the Rising Sun. If you want to hear that, go to the Rubber Room Facebook page and you can check that out. Alex is here from thebigsmoke.com.au. Let's talk about this new sport, if that's what it is. It's called Spacing Out. It's a sport in South Korea. It's probably the only sport that I feel I could actually enter and get involved in, but I wouldn't win. Right. What are you going to do? You have to sit there. 
and it seems really easy, but the thing is you have to sit there for 90 minutes and not check your phone. You're not allowed to talk to anyone. You're not allowed to twitch. You're not allowed, Basically, you have to get your heart rate to be stable for 90 minutes. And the person who won it in 2015 in South Korea was a rapper called Crush. Of course, but he wasn't allowed to rap about it at no, the time, right? No, but he right? crushed it. This would be something Sally Pearson can do now. Now that she can't go and run. So you've got to sit there. To sit there. And the, yeah, and then they come around. How can this they, be a sport? It's a championship thing. It's, oh, no. I guess it's kind of akin to the whole who can be the biggest Zen master meditation that whole thing so I think I could enter it but I wouldn't win because I'd get anxiety from not being able to check my phone for 90 minutes and my heart rate would be going crazy what can you do while you're sitting there spacing like, I know apparently you're meant to be mindful and that sounds right. gross yeah I don't like mindfulness it always makes me think of forgetfulness and I, yeah. you know. so what can you do well you just sit there and hopefully you win and then everybody talks well, about stupid. you in South Korea South Korea's got the highest rate of people who are checking their phones all the time so the whole idea was to try to separate that Right, that's, that's a, a lesson to the North Koreans who aren't allowed to have phones. Hey, look at me, I've got an emoji. Can they put them off? Does anybody walk up and whisper in their ear? Well, you've got a text. <laughs> yeah, you've got a Facebook alert. <laughs> and I looked at how it works, and they actually get out into a big field and everybody's just sitting there. And some people have a pillow to lean on to make it more comfortable for the 90 minutes. Other right. people are just totally stoic and just sit there, yeah. stare into space. But it's a thing. South Koreans love it and everybody's talking about it at the moment because of the crush rapper who won. Okay, i got a question. What about if you get to 90 minutes and there are people still there? Is it a draw? I think maybe everybody could be the champion because I'm inclusive. But I don't oh, know how South Koreans view it. That's how they're doing it again. Well, it's the heart sticking rate. It to no, North it's the Korea. heart rate. Who's the most stable oh. heart rate? So they go around, they do check your heart rate. <laughs> Thebigsmoke.com.au. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Now let's see how many fish puns I can get out in about 60 seconds. And I've got something technical for you here as well. In case you miss the fish pun, I shall hit this glass with this spoon like this. So every time you hear a fish pun... You'll understand what happened. Did that make sense? Yep. Right. That's it's very sound. technical. I know. All right. Here we go with the fish pun. Hello, Eddie. Oh, hello, mate. Is that the fish suppliers? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah, good, mate. It's Phil here at Triple M. Uh, I've got a dinner party coming up. Um, I've invited a few people. I'm actually trying to kip a lid on what I'm going to feed everybody because I don't want anybody to pike. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a fairly large room, and obviously I want to fill it so everyone has a you know whale of a time. I've been trying to mull it over what fish to serve. Um, you know, they're a great group of people, but what kind of specials you got on at the moment? Uh, yep, we've got uh, got a special on uh, Australian Fresh Snapper Saddletail Fillers, mate. And they come by Beautiful. the kilogram, do they? Yeah, yeah, sensation. Okay, that could do. I mean, I've got a place for everyone trying to fill the room to the brim, you know, uh, and obviously I'll perch someone on the end as long as they're not hard of herring. Uh, yeah. I've been carping on about this thing for ages. What other specials you got? Uh, we've got some Tasmanian Atlantic salmon. What's that a kilo? Twenty-one ninety-five a kilo. God, that's cheap, but I don't want to flounder. I mean, that sounds good, but I don't know. Maybe that's a bit of a red herring for everybody. I'm going to do this at the beginning of next week. Will that fish keep for that long if I freeze it? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, that'll be the idea to freeze it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, I told everybody when to come. Um, in fact, I told Barry Monday. Hey, Sal. Sorry, I'm just checking with my flatmate. Is John Dory coming? Yeah. And is Dolph in? Right, okay. No, 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 he can crab it over. He'll be okay with that. Yeah, sure. Sorry, mate, I'm just talking to my flatmate. Yeah, yeah. Oi, stir that pot, will you, Sal? I can see weed. All right, mate, well, that sounds pretty good. I could probably pop over later on this afternoon if you're still open. Sure, yeah. I've got to sort that out, and I've got to sort some music out as well. I've got some good tuners, probably play a bit of soul, and then everybody can go outside and have a puffer afterwards, I suppose. Uh-huh, yeah. All right, I'll clam up. Appreciate that, mate. I'll start widening the invites. Sweet. Good luck.
Gazzo, let's talk about what Tom DeLong of Blink-182 is doing now. Is he a secret agent? Yes, he is. He's a secret bloody agent for the US government looking into and probing highly confidential and unknown classified UFO material that is not known or available to anyone in the actual world apart from him. What? Yeah, it's a fact. He's working, he reckons, for the Department of Defence, Intelligence and the Executive Branch on something important. Okay, hear me out here. Has he gone a little bit... Loopy post Blink 182. Is he a bit delusional? Well, I'm thinking a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe. I think maybe there's a possibility it could be a bit of that business going on. I don't know. Maybe if you want to choose someone, you wouldn't go, okay, we need someone to be the head of our secret UFO exploratory dossier. Let's get David Cameron. You wouldn't, would you? You'd go, who could we get that no one would expect? Oh, that guy from Blink 182. I don't buy it, Phil. Why not communicate with Tom DeLong if you're from another planet? I think he's pulling all of our legs. He says, I'm up late at night sending messages back and forth to people within the CIA and the DOD, which for those of us not familiar with the acronym is Department of Defence. Hello. Mm. If you weren't in the Department what? of Defence, you wouldn't know it was the DOD. Just oh, come on. Come on. Should we play some Blink-182? Sans Tom DeLong. I want to see some naked find this a bit disturbing. He held me. No! I believe